And welcome to the Scoop Podcast. I'm editor of the Scoop, Margie Echelkamp, joined today for a conversation about emerging technology and how retailers are really harnessing that. So we have Jeff Christinger. He is the Vice President of Agronomy Sales and Marketing at New Way K&H Cooperative. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. So tell us a little bit about your role at New Way K&H. So I'll give, you, I'll give you a little bit of timeline. So I'm actually in my 27th year here with New Way K&H Cooperative. Um, I've never worked for any other company. And actually, where, where I'm at today started all the way back in 1996. And I was a custom applicator back in 1996. Uh, just like I think a lot of people that are in this industry, the same level that they start at. So was a custom applicator there for a couple of years and then moved up to assistant location manager at a small location that we had at the time. And then about 2002, we did some location consolidation. And so I moved more from the application and um, site management role to Precision Ag at that time. And so was the Precision Ag director for a period of time up until about 2013, when I got into more people management at that time um, and started doing the sales and marketing director role, and at the same time was still actively selling to accounts. Um, and then in 2013, we did a little more kind of restructuring with our business, and that's when I took on the vice president of agronomy sales and marketing role. Oh, wow. So I basically oversee our entire agronomy department right now. So how many locations, how many sales agronomy pros do you guys have there at the co-op, would you say? Sure. So we're, we're pretty unique in that aspect uh, from the standpoint where we have one operations location. So everything we do out in the customer's field is routed out of one location and we have one sales location. So there's about eight, what we call them account managers or sellers. Um, we're all in one location, all in the same office, um, which I think really improves our collaboration that we have between ourselves and makes us a little more reactive into the changing marketplace that we're in today. So, wow, Jeff, with your background being a custom applicator, as well as helping stand up the precision ag business there at the co-op, what, how do, how, what is the approach today for your team when it comes to new technology? Do you guys have a formal testing program? Who out there is really seeking out the new technologies that you need to bring in-house under your umbrella? Sure. So it's kind of a, a group effort. I mean, from a cooperative standpoint, so we're a cooperative. So one of our roles is kind of to make sure that if we feel it's a good opportunity for our customers, it's something that we have to look at and something that we have to bring to our customer base. Um, so it's in our company culture, number one, to be aware and looking for innovative new things that we can bring to our customer base. And at some level, try to foresee the future um, and we ask that question a lot. What, what's going to happen in two to three years that we need to start preparing for today? Um, so it's kind of a group effort. I've got an agronomy leadership team that we discuss um, opportunities and new products and things that might impact our organization in the near future. Um, so that group, our staff, also we encourage to bring new things. So they hear stuff from their customer as far as what they're going to need. and they are encouraged to bring that to us as well so that we can start exploring it with our customers. Um, and it's really just something that's ingrained in the company. I wouldn't say we really have a formal process, uh, but we're all kind of on the, 
on the look for the new, the new and exciting. Um, me personally, with my background, uh, that's the part of my job that I really enjoy the most is finding the new things that are coming into the agronomy space and figuring out how to implement those at a local level and actually make them work, taking them from concept to reality. So, Well, perfect example of that is your guys' announcement that you are launching selective spraying as part of your program and offering here in the 23 crop year. This is a super interesting year for those technologies. We both have commercial technologies from both John Deere and Green Eye. We've got others that are in development from Trimble and others. So how did, first question, how did selective spraying come on your radar? And what was the moment where you guys said, we need to bring this as part of our offering? Sure. So we've kind of been paying attention to a selective spraying um, from its early stages um, back when they were doing real small trials and understanding that at some day this was going to affect our, our business, right? We were going to go to some type of site-specific methodology for weed control. Um, we really started getting more serious about it in February last year, so a year ago just about. Um, and at that time, the agronomy leadership team made the commitment to start researching uh, what was available out on the marketplace, what was going to be available to purchase in the near future, who's ahead, where's everybody at. So we looked at Green Eye, John Deere, talked to BASF, who's working with Bosch on a system. Precision planting was supposed to be coming with a system um, and started doing research in the commitment that in 2023, we would try to find a way to experience as many of those opportunities as we could. Um, what we ended up finding out is that there were two companies that were really getting geared up to launch, and that was Green Eye and John Deere. So at that point, we started focusing mainly on those two companies and comparing and contrasting um, the pros and cons of each and trying to get hands-on experience with each company um, without necessarily even the intention to, to buy a system at that time yet. Um, probably the first hands-on experience that we had was with Green Eye, probably about in May of this, of 2022. Um, we went down to their testing site down in Nebraska, um, rode around in their equipment, talked to their CEO and their um, technology technicians and really got comfortable at that time with where the technology was in general and started thinking that this might be something that's actually closer to implementing than what we originally thought. Uh, roughly June or July, we made the decision to make an investment in GreenEye and bring that technology to our customers and start integrating it. So outline for us, what is the product that you're offering farmers? How are you marketing it? How are you positioning it with all of your other application services? Yeah, so we're going to bring this to the market as a specialty application service, um, obviously site-specific, and try to bring it into the marketplace. We've, we've got a three-year commitment to GreenEye. Year one, we're going to do um, some actual applications and some research and development stuff to try to prove out some theories that we have. Um, but really, we're going to bring this to the customer base. Uh, our primary customers that we're going to be implementing first will be customers that have us already do custom application for them. Uh, that's the most natural place. 
Uh, we're going to use it in pre-plant incorporated applications, pre-emerge applications, and post-emerge applications, all three we see a fit for. Um, to simplify the process, one of the most complicated parts of selective spraying is you never know how much you're going to spray in a field, right? You could spray 20% of the field, 30% of the field, 40% of the field. So it makes it difficult to know how much product to load in the CN spray uh, or the selective spraying component. Um, so we're trying to simplify that for our customers a little bit. So we've selected what product combinations we're gonna use at each timing aspect and with each crop um, so that we can manage that piece of it. Um, but with dual boom technology, you've still got a lot of flexibility. So customers can do any herbicide spraying pass and kind of take take two approaches when you're looking at a post-emerge application. You can either layer residuals on it um, to keep weeds from coming up in the first place and then use the selective spraying system to kill any emerged weeds at that time. So in that case, you're relying completely on the selective spraying opportunity to control emerged weeds. Or you could use a layered contact herbicide approach where you're doing a complete herbicide program through the broadcast line and then adding a little more uh, herbicide or pesticide power through the selective spraying line to layer contact herbicides to get better overall control or maybe kill a little larger weed if that's kind of what you're after. So we see three or four different ways that we're going to utilize this in the marketplace. Uh, that being said, when once you have dual boom technology across the entire boom, it opens up a lot of different avenues, um, more than just selective spraying or utilizing the camera vision component. And so we're looking at opportunities to use that as well. So just feel that there's a lot of opportunity here. And uh, every time we look at it, we come up with a different way that we might use the technology. So some have proposed that this technology could be very disruptive to ag retail. What would you say was your team's reaction to look at this not as a threat, but an opportunity? Well, it kind of comes down to one core thought that we had and and you look at the technology that's coming on the marketplace and as an egg retailer uh, once you make the decision that this is going to be how uh, crop protection products or plant nutrition products are applied moving forward into the future and accept that fact um, then you just as well start getting involved with it and figuring out how it is going to impact your business um, and, and implement it and integrate it. So once we made the decision that this was the future of application, uh, it was pretty much a no brainer to, to say we need to get involved with it right away and be on the front end so that we can help control the conversation and make sure that it gets brought to the marketplace and in the proper way. We are talking to Jeff Krisinger from New Way KNH all about how they are unfolding the potential of selective spray here in 2023. Jeff, what would you share? How are farmers receiving this new specialty application service from your team? Yeah, I would say at this stage of the game, we're still introducing it to customers, but with the customers we've introduced it to, obviously they're very optimistic about the technology. It's actually a pretty simple concept as far as explaining it to customers, right? You're just not going to spray broadcast over areas that don't have weeds. You're going to you're going to site specifically apply to the pests that you're trying to control and minimize input costs while doing so. Um, so customers understand it pretty readily. They're pretty excited about it. I would say 
Right now, we just need to go out and prove that the technology is actually capable of doing what, what they say it can do. Um, not just prove it to the customer, prove it to ourselves. We obviously have a high level of confidence that it can, um, but now the, the proof will be in the pudding here as we bring it out to the field in year one and are able to show that the technology is actually functional. And Jeff, for our bigger audience, could you just characterize a little bit about the top weed pressures that you guys are experiencing in Southern Minnesota and Northern Iowa and your geography? Sure, our top, our top weed pests would be water hemp and giant ragweed. Uh, the problem that we see moving forward is that there really aren't any new crop chemistries coming out on the marketplace. So new active ingredients are few and far between. So we have to find other ways, other methods to combat uh, herbicide resistance when it comes to the weed spectrum. Uh, we think this is one way to do that. Like I say, if we can use more powerful herbicides in a selective spraying opportunity, which keeps the costs of that herbicide down, uh, we feel that's a way to combat weed resistance. Uh, but those are the two big ones right now. Uh, we don't have Palmer amaranth in our area necessarily yet, or, or don't have a high concern about it. I'm sure it's in the area somewhere, um, but that'll be something that's on our radar as well. Uh, the interesting thing about GreenEye is that they're developing future technology that doesn't just stop with weed identification. They're also working on nutrient deficiencies. They're working on stress management. Uh, they're working on disease identification through camera vision. So it's gonna lead into a lot of other things other than just weed control. Yeah. So Jeff, you know, we referenced the two commercially available systems today would be the John Deere as well as this Green Eye system. The Green Eye system is a retrofit. So it's going on existing machines. How was that appealing to you guys that it was an aftermarket system as well as what kind of training did you do with your team and how many machines are you putting it on? Sure. So we'll have it on one machine in 2023, um, kind of through the testing phase to make sure again that, that the technology works like we think it should. Uh, we're putting it on a Hagee STS 1600, which happens to be the same machine that GreenEye has been testing with throughout the entire process. Um, we felt that that was the right machine to have this technology on for a few different reasons. Number one, the front facing boom, we feel is a really valuable thing to have in this type of technology. Um, you've got cameras and sensors and lights um, on the boom itself. And part of the challenge of the selective spraying system is to keep those components clean so that they function properly. So we think having the boom out front is a big advantage um, and, and helped us decide the green eye system was right for us. Um, our Haggies are a little unique to begin with in the first place. Uh, we have two of them. Both of them already have dual tank technology and already had two pumps on them so we could run it independently um, in two separate application styles. We've been doing that on a 60 foot basis already. Um, so we already had experience with how that system works. Um, so that helped us adopt it on that type of a sprayer. Um, the other thing that we liked about the retrofit process was um, A, we felt that we could get in with GreenEye and have some influence over future potential uses and work with them more in a partnership um, as they go through their development. And they've proven that that's been a really good relationship and, and a really good approach uh, as far as how we're working together in that facet. 
Uh, the other thing to mention, probably the main thing that really sold us was the spray resolution that GreenEye has versus John Deere. So GreenEye has a 10 inch nozzle spacing, which gives us the ability to spray as small an area as a 10 inch by 10 inch area in the field um, and it's individual nozzle control. So the granularity that we can get down to with their system um, is immense and it gives our customers the opportunity to, to maximize the savings on those input dollars when you can get that down to that small of an area of application. Huh. So Jeff, do you have any acreage goals or other goals in this first year of using this system out in the field? Yep. So there's a couple goals that we have. Um, as far as acre goals, we set a 10,000 acre goal. Uh, that would be field acres applied. Now we're only going to spray a percentage of that 10,000 acres. Um, that would be somewhere between 10 and 15% of the acres that we custom apply, um, which I think is a pretty achievable goal in year one. Um, and then through that process, we're also going to be doing some, some testing uh, with regards to plant health. So if we're not spraying the crop uh, with crop protection products and the crop doesn't have to assimilate all that product load, does it increase overall plant health and does it have a yield benefit associated with it? Um, so there's, there's a number of different things from a test trial standpoint we're gonna do, but as far as actually applied acres, uh, 10,000 acres would be our goal right now. Yeah. So Jeff, earlier you shared that your team is really focused on the, the time frame of in the next two to three years, what are you guys are really gonna have to stay on top of? So what other technologies, whether it be remote sensing, autonomy, other application technologies or more, what other technologies do you think are gonna be in your toolbox in the near future? Well, probably the next closest thing that we're gonna be working on will be aerial drone spraying. Um, aerial drones right now can spray roughly in that 20 to 25 acre per hour range. Uh, we, we feel from a broad acre standpoint that you probably got to get closer to about that 40 acre per hour range to make them really feasible on a broad acre standpoint. But we also see some opportunities where we can bring that technology in right now and solve some problems with it. Um, so we feel, and I think a lot of the industry feels that we're moving to a plant by plant management style moving forward here into the future, however fast that comes. Um, so our green eye system, for example, is, is not just gonna spray weeds, but it's also gonna collect information as we go through the field. Um, some of that information could play into uh, site specific zone applications or spraying subfield, right? And if we can get to that point, we feel that rather than chasing a large sprayer out there with 120 foot boom to spray a small area in the field, that aerial drone application technology is where that fits in. Um, secondarily, we spray some 18, 20 acre, 30 acre fields and same concept there. Maybe that's where aerial drone spraying really fits in for us, uh, where we can focus on large acres with our larger sprayers and smaller fields with some of that technology. So that's one, I think that one's not too far away for us. Um, unmanned vehicles or companion vehicles, I don't think are too far away. And when I say companion vehicles, it's having two pieces of equipment in a field. One has a person in it monitoring the situation. The other one is completely unmanned. Um, 
that is coming, whether it's in the field or whether it's from a delivery type standpoint, um, where one semi has taken a delivery out with a person in it and there's another semi behind it that's completely unmanned, but that they're linked together. I think that's coming. Um, short stature corn isn't very far away. Um, that's more of a crop based technology, but I think that has a lot of potential to change the way that we farm, or at least in the corn industry, um, change the way that we farm completely. Obviously, there's a lot more potential for in-season applications, more proactive management rather than changing management tactics for the next year, which is always going to be completely different. Um, and I think it might bring cover crops more to the conversation as well. If customers can get through a shorter statured corn field and apply cover crops in season, um, I think it gives us the opportunity to grow our cover crop application strategy and sustainability strategy as well. Um, and then I'll give you kind of a far out one that I don't know when it's going to hit, but there's, there's some pretty neat stuff going on out there. A company called Interplant, for example, um, is a really interesting technology that is basically allowing the plant to communicate through fluorescence yep. um, and have radars pick it up if it's under stress. So again, if you can have a plant that can fluoresce a certain color and catch diseases, for example, early, um, you can start proactively managing those diseases before they have a big impact on yield. So there's just a tremendous amount of interesting things in the industry. The hard part is figuring out which ones are gonna be successful. Um, but everything that I just mentioned there, I think has a clear use case in our industry and is coming to the market um, and will affect us in the not too distant future. Oh, that gives us a lot to think about, Jeff. So thank you for sharing. So as I think you know, as a listener to the podcast that I like to wrap up with three questions, okay? So this shifts gears just a little bit. You can answer these from the personal, professional side, what have you. But the first one would be, what keeps you up at night? Well, right now overseeing agronomy and our entire agronomy department, the fluctuations and the volatility in the crop nutrient marketplace is really, really tough to get a handle on. Um, you have to make the right decisions at the right times because there's such volatility in that marketplace um, that if you make the wrong move, it can really hurt your, your profitability in your business. Uh, I think we're doing a pretty good job of that. Managing inventory extremely tightly is part of that equation. We've been able to do that at, at a really high level um, with the team that's involved in that component. And so far we've been getting through it pretty well, but that marketplace will continue to be extremely volatile. There's changes we've had to make as a business and there's changes that we've had to help customers make as we go through the process of adapting to that type of a marketplace. Yeah, great, great answer. I know when folks talk about fertilizer volatility, they talk about a lot of lessons that were learned in the 08 market. And I know heading into spring, we've got a much different dynamic than we're used to as far as pricing versus the fall. So definitely something I know everybody's putting a keen eye on. Yeah, I was lucky enough to live through the 2008 experience. I wasn't in charge of the inventory or the management of it at the time, but I remember the pain that was there at the time. And so um, definitely use that perspective to try to influence how we manage through it this time. So, so Jeff, what is one prediction you're willing to make for the 23 crop year? Well, like uh, a, a prediction that I don't know that is just for 2023, but like I said, I, I think management in the field gets more site-specific all the time. Mm -hmm. And our mentality here is site-specific everything. 
the days of applying a product on every acre all the time on every field, uh, that day is probably gone or, or passing us quite quickly. So site-specific everything is going to be something you're going to you're going to see continue to develop into 2023 and beyond, um, and it's something that you definitely have to prepare for as we get ready for the future. Okay, so Jeff, my last question for you today is, if I gave you the magic wizard wand and you could wave it and solve what problem? What problem are we solving? Uh, there's still a big problem when it comes to, uh, I would say, data um, standardization. Would be, would be the term. Um, people collect data in so many different ways. Uh, there really is no standardization in the industry as far as how people collect data. And we spend tremendous amounts of hours trying to um, fine tune that data, make it comparable, uh, make it so that we can aggregate it in a, in a central database. And if we could just get data standardization as far as how people collect data um, and what they call things, um, and have everybody do it the same. That would just be a huge benefit to the entire industry. It would and help everybody on for 20 years. So it would help everybody elevate the work that they do. Wouldn't it? No doubt. No doubt. Excellent. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for be being on the podcast. If folks do want to learn more or even follow along with you guys, as you provide updates on social media, how can people find you? Yep. So we're on Twitter. If you search new way KNH cooperative on Twitter, you'll be able to find that. Um, our website, we're going to try to keep up to date, especially on the green eye um, topic. We're going to try to keep a timeline as far as what we're doing and when we're doing it and, and some commentary kind of like in a blog style on our website. Um, so those would be two really good opportunities to stay connected with us as we move forward and, and uh, we'll try to keep updating that stuff as we learn. Excellent. Well, Jeff, thank you for being on the podcast. That is Jeff Chrisinger. He is the VP of Agronomy Sales and Marketing at New Way KNH. For now, I'm editor of The Scoop, Margie Echelkamp. If you have technologies that you're trying out there and we should be talking about on the podcast, please connect with us on Twitter at Farmers Advisor. But until next time when we're on the podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Mm -hmm.